Marketers and small business owners know that they can't just get anybody's emails and just start spamming the heck out of them. They've got to gain that contact's permission in order to send them information about what they're doing and how they might help them. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal about automation, getting leads, retargeting and sales funnels. You know, the stuff that'll actually make you money and doesn't empty your wallet. Get valuable, actionable information from me and other experts in the online marketing space, which will boost your business beyond its current boundaries. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hello and welcome to the show. It's great to be hanging out with you again today. And if this is your first time here, I'm especially pleased to have you. This is episode three. This podcast is all about showing you how you can grow a business fast. So today, like all the other episodes, are designed to be little mini teaching sessions. And I want to make this as practical and actionable as possible. And today is going to be no exception. I've got a great show lined up for you. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is list building or email marketing. At this point, if your stomach starts to churn and you start thinking, oh no, I really can't be bugging other people with my emails all the time. I get so many emails. I really don't want to be part of that burden that I'm putting on other people. If that's your thinking, then I really encourage you to go back and check out episode two, the previous episode in which we talk about why building your list and using email marketing is the number one thing that you should be doing for your business this year. And one of the things that I cover there is attitudes and mindset around list building. List building is not only good for you, but it's good for your customers and your leads and your prospects too. So if you have any doubt about that or or you're worried you're going to be bugging people with sending out constant emails to them, then I encourage you to go back and listen to that show. Go to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash two. So go and listen to that first and then come back here where I've got some great ideas and some things that you can do that will grow your email list and get people subscribing to you. So let's talk about what we are going to get from today. This episode is all about how you get people onto your mailing list. So in the previous episode, we talked about why and some of the ways that you could do that. But today we're going to dig into the detail and we're talking about lead magnets. So I'll be talking about how to get people on your mailing list, what lead magnets work really well, where to place them, and some really cool tools that will help you with your lead magnets and building your list. Let's jump in straight away and let's look at what a lead magnet is. No doubt you've come across hundreds of examples of lead magnets. If you've ever been to a website and a little pop-up box comes up and says, download this free cheat sheet, this ebook, get on this webinar, get this stuff for free, that is a lead magnet. You see it all the time now on websites, in social media, and it's intended as a little nugget of value that you can get. But in order to get it, you have to give up your email address. You have to give them your contact details so that they can give it to you. So essentially what they're doing is they're saying, we've got this really cool ebook, for example. You can get it if you give us your contact details. And that's why lead magnets are often called ethical bribes. Marketers and small business owners know that they can't just get anybody's emails and just start spamming the heck out of them. They've got to gain that contact's permission in order to send them information about what they're doing and how they might help them. If they haven't got permission, then that's spam. So the concept behind an ethical bribe or a lead magnet is that we want permission to contact you and to give you some useful information that we believe is going to be relevant to you 
but we know that you're not going to just join our mailing list because nobody wants to be on yet another mailing list. So in order to do that, you have to give them something of value. And that thing that you give them a value must be so valuable that they think, well, okay, yeah, this is a fair exchange. I'm prepared to give out my contact details for this because I want this piece of value, this ebook, this video, this webinar, and the value there is going to be well worth giving up my email address for. So in a way, we're bribing people who come into contact with us in order for them to give us their valuable contact details. But it's all good because the bribe we're offering is very valuable to them. And we'll talk about that later. If we think tactically about our lead magnets, it's not just about getting contact details so we can market to people. What it will also do is position our programs and services. It will be aligned to what we do and it should lead the prospect into a sale. So your lead magnet should be directly aligned with a service or a program or a product that you offer. If it's not, it's going to feel a bit random and it's a huge missed opportunity. And also thinking about the term lead magnet, magnets attract and they repel. And this is exactly what you want to do with people who come in contact with your business. You want to attract those who are going to be an ideal customer for you. That's going to fit really nicely into your ideal client profile. They're going to love your services. They're going to love your programs and they're going to want to work with you. You want to attract people like that. And those people who are not a good fit, your lead magnet should also repel them. If you think about any sales funnel, one of the early things that you want to do within that funnel is to qualify your customers. That's work out, are they going to be a good match for you or not? If they are, great, you lead them to the next step. If they're not, people need to know that and you kind of need to repel them away so you're not spending time and effort with those people who will never convert into paying customers. And this is something we can go into more detail, perhaps in another episode. But a really simple thing that you can do is just be specific about what you talk about in your lead magnet. So for example, I might do a lead magnet on growing your business. Now that's not very specific, is it? And I would probably get a lot of people who might be a good fit for me and a lot of people who might not. I don't work with manufacturers. So if I got people like that coming through, that wouldn't be a good fit. However, if I did do a lead magnet on growing your business online with social media, then that becomes more specific. And the more specific you can be in your lead magnet and your marketing in general, the more likely you'll end up with people who are a good fit for you. And of course, the other thing as well is to go back to, well, who are my ideal clients? And what do they look like? And looking at that ideal client profile. So a good lead magnet should attract your ideal customers, repel those who aren't, It should be aligned with your services and what you do. It should lead them to the next logical step in working with you. So that's probably to make a low investment purchase. It should provide value for free. And ideally, if you're a service professional, it should position you as an expert at what you do. So by giving away some great value and showing your knowledge and expertise in a particular area, then you position yourself as an expert. And that's very important in building credibility and trust with your audience. Your lead magnet might look like a lot of different things. It could be a PDF download, a free report, a white paper, a video or a video series, an email course, some how-tos, tip sheet, cheap sheet, webinars, infographics, podcasts, all sorts of different things. It kind of doesn't matter. You just have to pick something that's going to be right for you and that you think will be a good fit for your audience. Again, it should be aligned. So the thing that you want people to ultimately purchase is a video course then giving them an ebook 
won't necessarily be a good fit. It would be much better to offer a free video because we know that if people are going to consume that content, they'll probably also likely to consume a video course as well. So there's lots of different ways that you can create lead magnets, but ultimately we can boil it down to two broad categories of lead magnets. And those are what I would consider your signature lead magnet and topic specific lead magnets. So what do I mean by that? Your signature lead magnet should be the thing that you're promoting all the time. It has a strong correlation to your main program or service that you want to offer. It's proven content. It's probably something that you've put out for a while and you know it's working, you know it's converting. It's probably the single most effective lead magnet that you've got. And this is something that you definitely want to be promoting all the time on social media or wherever you go. So for me, it's currently my list building secrets ebook. I really believe in building your list. I think it's an essential thing that every entrepreneur needs to be doing in their business. So not only does it match my list building course that I've got my virtual academy, which gives me a clear profit path, but it also relates strongly to my message. And that's something that you want to think about too. What is the message that you want to be sharing with your audience? So that is your signature lead magnet. Your signature lead magnet won't change very much. You might change it from season to season. So at the very least, it will be your main lead magnet for three or four months, probably a lot longer. On the other hand, you've got topic-specific lead magnets. And this is something that we're seeing more and more. Topic-specific lead magnets give you another bite at the cherry. It gives you another opportunity to encourage people to come onto your mailing list. The place you're likely to find them is either within an article or a blog post or at the beginning of a marketing funnel at the start of a program, service or event that somebody is promoting. So let's say that you're a social media expert and you've come up with an online course on using Periscope. You might have a how-to guide that you drive traffic to and then opting into there leads them on the path of finding out about this new Periscope course you've got. So you'll find your topic-specific lead magnets either at the start of a marketing funnel or within an article or a blog post. Probably the main difference between your signature lead magnet and your topic-specific lead magnets are in specificity. Your signature lead magnet will still relate very strongly to what you do, but it might be broader in nature. Your topic-specific lead magnets will relate very specifically to that particular article. These topic-specific lead magnets may have a narrow appeal for your audience, so it might not attract as many people as your signature lead magnet, but because they are highly related to the content in which they're found, they have a strong pull for those people who are consuming that content. So if you're a health practitioner, you might write a blog post on using essential oils. Within that post, you talk about the do's and don'ts around essential oils, and then you might offer someone a free download of the top five essential oils that you like to use. If your audience has read that blog post, they are then hot for that piece of content that they can download. So it's a really good opportunity. We're seeing more and more of this kind of lead magnet being used all the time now. So what makes a good lead magnet? Well, a good lead magnet needs to fulfill a need or a desire. It should solve a problem or help people achieve something. So it might teach you something. It might save you money or save you time. It should be aligned with your business, your services, and your message. It should be easy to consume. And by that, I mean 100-page eBooks don't generally do so well. Your audience might see it as enormously valuable and may well opt into them. But part of the purpose of a lead magnet is to lead them onto a sale. And so if you offer them a 100-page eBook, 
that it's likely that only a small proportion of people would get through to the end of that. And that's, of course, where you would lead them on to the next thing with you. Now, you could argue that there's a benefit in that. If somebody has taken the time and effort to read through that 100-page ebook, then they're probably really serious about that topic and probably will spend the time, effort or money to get onto your program. So there are some benefits. But in general, what we find is that the ones that are easy to consume tend to convert better. Don't make the mistake of thinking easy to consume means low value. Most entrepreneurs and businesses are putting out lead magnets now. So it's not hard to find free content. The way that you distinguish yourself from other people is that you offer very valuable content. A good lead magnet should offer outrageous value. And that's how you distinguish yourself. And that leads me on to a question I get asked an awful lot. And that's how much value you should give. Sometimes people get protective over their knowledge and expertise. And they think if they give it all away for free, nobody will buy from them. But it actually works the other way around. What you want to do is give away your best tips or your best content. You could share the entire content of your mind with somebody else and tell them everything that you know. And still people will want to come to you because they'll want help with applying that knowledge. You spent years acquiring all the knowledge and information that you've got right now. People are usually looking for a fast fix. And so they love finding out what's working for other people. But when it comes down to application, that's something else. And the other thing as well is if you give amazing content and you do it for free, then your audience are likely to think, wow, that is so incredible. If I'm getting this much value here, I wonder how much value I'd get if I actually paid for his or her program. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? And then if you're worried that you might use all that content up, then don't worry because that same information that you share in your lead magnet or whatever can be repeated in your programs and services. Only what you do is you go into more detail and they get more time with you, and they get more of your expertise. They might get to ask you questions, get some feedback, get some advice. So you could still be covering the same ground, only go into it a lot more detail. So the short answer is, don't worry about giving away all your secrets. Your best content will position you as an expert, build credibility, and get people drooling at the bit to work with you. Okay, let's talk about where to put your lead magnets. Once you've created this amazing thing that you're going to share with people, where are you going to put it? Well, there are six main places where you want to be promoting your lead magnet. And the first one is your feature box. So on your website, at the very top of your website, is usually a feature box. And this is often a picture or an image or whatever. Sometimes you see sliders, but basically it's a big box at the top of your page. This is where you need to be putting your lead magnet. I see so many websites with pretty pictures at the top of their website, but don't do anything. Your feature box is where you need to be talking about your lead magnet and has a solid call to action there for them to get your freebie that you're giving away. And while I'm on the subject, and at the risk of going into a rant here, avoid sliders on the front page of your website. They look cool, I really get that. But for every page of your website, you need to be thinking about what do I want people to do? Your homepage should give a very brief snapshot as to what your website is about, and it should have a single call to action in the feature box right up at the top of the website so people don't have to scroll down your page to find it, where it invites your visitors to opt into your mailing list to get your freebie. Most people who visit your website are unlikely to ever come back, and that's why when they come to your website, you want to get them onto your mailing list so you can contact them again and continue to pursue and develop a relationship with them. 
So that's the first place I would put your lead magnet. If you want to see an example of that, go to my website at getrealaboutbusiness.com and you'll see right at the top of the website is a clickable image there that if you click on, you can opt in to my list building secrets ebook. And that lead magnet there should be your signature lead magnet. The next place to think about promoting your lead magnet is in the sidebar. I much prefer full width home pages now and using the full width for that feature box. And then for other pages, that's where you want to use your sidebar. So I don't tend to put sidebars onto home pages anymore. I don't think it's good use of real estate there. So your sidebar should be on your about page, your contact page, your blog pages, pretty much every content page that you've got. Again, it's the signature lead magnet that you want to be putting in your sidebar. So if people are reading one of your blogs, they've always got that signature lead magnet there that will encourage them to opt into your mailing list. While we're talking about blog posts, this is definitely the place to think about a topic-specific lead magnet. What you want to do is to create a lead magnet that goes really well with that blog post and then put a link, a button, or some kind of call to action at the end of the blog post where you invite them to download your ethical bribe. And that's a really good place to put it because if they've read your blog post, they've got some massive value from you, they're probably then thinking, okay, so what's next? And here you give something that's very relevant and it's a no-brainer to opt in. Another place to put your lead magnets is on your About page. Your About page is one of the most popular pages that are visited on your website. So you don't want to miss that opportunity. Make sure that you capture that traffic with your lead magnet. Another place that you want to think about putting your lead magnet is on a lead page or a squeeze page. And what these are are a single page that are devoted purely to your lead magnet. It's just a very simple web page that tells people what your lead magnet is and has an opt-in form or a box that pops up when somebody clicks an opt-in button and people put their details in there. So this generally isn't just another page on your website. You don't want all the navigation that exists on your website to distract people and get them looking elsewhere on your website. Yes, it's great when people look around our website, but what we want to do most of all is to capture that lead. So a good lead page or a good squeeze page will just have one call to action which is opt-in here, and there's nothing else people could do that is either opt-in or clear off out the page. Now, to achieve all this, you are going to need an email service provider. We'll be talking about those in a future episode. So you might use something like Infusionsoft or Aweber or MailChimp or anything that you like. But if you're looking for a tool where you can create a really good landing page, then check out Lead Pages. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Lead Pages is what I use all the time to create landing pages. It's pretty low cost, it's just a small subscription fee, and they have loads of templates that you can use and very easily adapt, so it's great for creating this kind of landing page. One of the other things that I like about lead pages is that they also offer lead boxes, and this is within the same subscription. Now, while you can put a simple sign-up form on your website or on your webpage, you can take the code that you might get from MailChimp or whatever you're using and put that straight on your webpage, Something that works a lot better is simply to have a link that people click, whether it's a graphic or a link. They click it and then a box pops up on the page for them to fill out the details. You might think that, well, this is just creating another step. People have got to click on that link or click on that download button for this pop-up form to come up. But lead pages have found that just with that single link there where people think, oh, I can click on that and get this thing, conversions are a lot higher that way. And of course, once the boxes come up, people are committed, they're just filling their details, and it's all very easy. So these are called lead boxes. 
and you can attach a lead box to a, a hyperlink on your page or to a graphic. Okay, so we've covered putting your lead magnets in the feature box, in your sidebars, in your blog posts, on your about page, and on landing pages. One other place that you might want to think about using are pop-up boxes. Now these are the things that when you go to a website, suddenly this box pops up. You didn't do anything, but it pops up of its own accord and says, do you want to sign up to this? I have a confession to make here. Until relatively recently, I hated pop-up boxes. I hate it when you go to a website because you want to look at a particular blog post or an article or something. You want to get some information. And then this box comes up and stops you reading what you want to read and interrupts you. And for that reason, I have not used pop-up boxes for years. It's only relatively recently, speaking to lots of other email marketing experts, that I found out just how powerful they are. The fact is, pop-up boxes work. There are some things that you can do to make them less annoying, but you definitely want to think about using them. Nikki McGonigal, who was a food craft blogger, well, she started testing out the difference between opt-ins from a sidebar and from using a pop-up. After eight months, she looked at results and she found out that the pop-up drove an additional 7,000 subscribers than she did from the sidebar. The sidebar form had an opt-in rate of 0.4%, while the pop-up box converted 5.5%. That's 1,375% more subscribers. Those statistics came from the Crazy Egg blog. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. But you can speak to just about any marketing expert who have tried pop-up boxes and those who have gone away from them. They all say how brilliant they are. And those that tried going away from them only end up returning because they see their subscriptions nosediving. Pop-up boxes really work well. If you want some options around pop-up boxes for your website, check out Optin Monster, which is really, really good. Pop-up Ally, which is something that I use all the time. There's another one called Pop-up Domination. Sumo Me is a very popular one as well. And you've also got List Builder. Now, those are just a few. There's loads of other ones there. These are all things that you can plug into your website to give you that functionality. If you are going to use something like this, it's a really good idea to get something where you can determine how often something pops up and when it pops up. So you don't really want your pop-up box coming on as soon as people hit your web page. I set my pop-up boxes to come up after 50 seconds. You should be able to determine which pages of your website that pop-up box appears on. It's a really good idea if you can find one that sets how often that pop-up box will appear. You really wouldn't want it appearing on every single page every time somebody visits you because that would annoy the heck out of people. I set my pop-up box to appear the first time somebody comes to my website after 50 seconds, obviously only on the pages I want it to appear, and then I set it not to reappear for a particular user for 14 days. So anywhere between 14 and 30 days is a good option, I think. By making sure that you choose a plugin that's got this functionality where you can choose how often things appear and choose when it appears on your page, then you can make those pop-up boxes a little bit less annoying. But let's not lose sight of the fact that this is all about what works. Your website should be there to either drive sales or drive opt-ins to your mailing list. Anything you can do to get more subscribers from your target audience onto your mailing list, well, that's definitely worth going with. If you want to get really advanced with it all, you might look at split testing your lead boxes and lead pages. So things like lead pages and opt-in skin. Again, I'll put the links in the show notes. Opt-in skin or lead pages 
They're great options for split testing your lead boxes and landing pages. Hopefully by now you really understand the power of growing your list and why you need a lead magnet to do that. Remember that nobody wants to be on another mailing list. And newsletters by themselves, I see a lot of people say sign up to my newsletter. Newsletter subscriptions really are not powerful enough these days. You have to offer more value and you do that with a lead magnet. So at this stage you might be thinking, okay, where do I start? I realize I need to put together some kind of freebie that I'm going to give away for people as an ethical bribe. Where do I start? Well, if you've not got a lead magnet already, start with your signature lead magnet. Go into Google Analytics and take a look at your top five blog posts. You'll be able to see which pages are visited most often. And those ones that are right at the top of the list, that is proven content. That's stuff that you know people are searching for and finding and looking at on your website. So if you've got a particular blog post or article that people are going to often and they're staying on that page and reading that and rather than just bouncing straight off seconds after they arrive, what you've got there is proven content that could be adapted or used as inspiration for a freebie that you might put together. If you don't write a blog, think about what are the things people ask you about all the time? What do people want to know? What frustrations do they have? What problems do they encounter? What challenges do they want to overcome? So that should give you some pointers. But if you want to be sure of really getting it right, it's a good idea to survey your audience. Speak to your customers and prospects. Find out what they care about. Find out what they want to know about, what you can teach them. What's their number one biggest frustration about whatever you do? I know it will take a little bit extra time to go and survey your audience but you're more likely to come up with an idea for a freebie or an ethical bribe that people want rather than what you think they want. Once you've got that, you're good to go. Go ahead and create your signature lead magnet. And if you've already got a signature lead magnet, go back to Google Analytics, look at those top five blog posts and put together a topic-specific lead magnet just for them. The chances are these pages are ranking well in search engines. People are looking for and finding your content. So if they're on your page, you want to capture those. So it's a good idea to go back, look at those top five blog posts and add a lead magnet there. And finally, I just want to mention about tracking it all. What we measure tends to improve. So set yourself some goals for your list building. It doesn't matter whether you've got 100 people on your list right now or 10,000 people on your list right now. Start with where you're at Set yourself a goal and keep working towards it. And on a weekly basis or whatever works for you, look at how you're doing, keep yourself focused. What we measure tends to improve. And here's a good tip for you as well in terms of tracking it all. So I talked earlier about the different places where you can put opt-in forms. If you want a really simple way of working out where people are coming from, have a different thank you page for each different lead source. So if you're using Facebook or Twitter to drive people to a landing page where they can get your freebie, you would have a different thank you page for once they've signed up to your freebie to the one in which they arrive at if they've opted in from your sidebar on your website. And then that way you can go to Google Analytics, look at those thank you pages and look how much traffic they're getting and you'll know which opt-in forms are converting best. Your capacity to grow and scale your business is dependent on your ability to connect with people. Getting people onto your mailing list means that fewer people are slipping through the net and then nurturing your subscribers over time 
means that you don't lose touch with these people that you're connecting with. It's also so scalable. You can literally have hundreds of thousands of people on your mailing list and still be maintaining some degree of relationship with them. If you do have a lead magnet, it might be a good idea to go back and check that freebie out and make sure that it actually leads somewhere. It's a really common mistake for these free downloads and free gifts that people do where they don't actually tell people what the next logical step is. If you think about it, you're doing a disservice to your subscribers because they've already shown an interest in what you do. They may well want the next step, but if you're not telling them what the next step is with you, both you and your subscribers are going to miss out. If you don't have a lead magnet, then do yourself a favour and schedule some time within the next 48 hours and get going on it. I know I bang on about it all the time, but growing your list is seriously one of the most effective things you can do to grow and scale your business. If you want to find out more about growing your email list, then check out my email marketing course called List Building Swagger. And finally, I want to leave you with my little ethical bribe of today. I don't know about you, but if I'm ever thinking about doing something, I always find it useful if I can see some great examples of something done well. I'm always paying attention to what other marketers are doing in their businesses, and I love to know what works and what doesn't. So what I've done is I've gone out and I've spent literally hours looking for the best examples of lead magnets right now. I follow a lot of the top people in marketing. And as you know, I'm hugely passionate about list building. So I've gone out and I found what I believe are the top 10 lead magnet examples. So what I've done is I've put those all together in a cheat sheet. I've put the links in so you can go and actually download those freebies so you can see some examples of some great lead magnets being used. And alongside that, I put some notes there so that you understand why these are good examples of lead magnets and some of the things that you might want to replicate as you build your lead magnets. Don't copy them, but they should be great inspiration for you to create your own lead magnets and that way you can see what's working and what's not. To get your hands on that cheat sheet, you can go to my blog or my show notes page at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash three. So that's the number three, not the word three. So getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash three. So that brings us to a close today. I hope you found it immensely valuable. If you have and you'd like to say thank you, then I'd really appreciate you going on and leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher, whatever works for you. And if you've got any questions around email marketing or anything around growing a small business online, then feel free to leave a comment on my show notes page, getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash three. Our next episode is going to be a final touch on this little mini course around email marketing. And we're going to be looking at how to write killer email blasts. So we're going to be talking about subject lines, email copy. So ultimately, it's about how you get your emails read once they do get to somebody's inbox and how you get them to take action. Thanks for spending time with me today. I really appreciate it. Good luck with putting your lead magazines together. I'll see you on the next episode.